everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein, I'm your host. I am a narcissistic abuse life coach. Today I will be discussing developing self-love, compassion, and empathy. Abuse victims struggle mightily with accepting themselves as they are, unconditionally loving themselves and having empathy on themselves. This is because they take on the treatment of their abuser as an indicator of how they deserve to be treated and thus treat themselves in ways that are often self-destructive and abusive, this especially so for victims of parental narcissistic abuse. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss ways in which one can cultivate inner self-love, compassion, and empathy, which are vital elements of nurturing one's battered sense of self back to health. Before we do so, a small word from our sponsor. When abuse victims who have endured years of his treatment take a look in the metaphorical mirror and self-reflect, they are devastated by the damage and by what they see. Years of allowing abuse, knowingly or unknowingly, to occur create a sense of shame, anger, disgust, guilt, and an attitude of unforgiveness towards oneself. This self-reflection is extremely gruesome as victims are faced with the damages of what has been done to them, as well as a shattering of the illusion of what life has been up until now. Before I go into the many ways in which one can cultivate a compassionate, loving, and empathic relationship with oneself, I want to pose a question to the listeners. If you were abused your entire life, you grew up in a home that lacked compassion, respect, love, if there was abuse, how could it possibly be the case that you have a loving and compassionate relationship with yourself? How would you have been mirrored and attuned to learn that life skill? How would you even know what that looks like? Chances are that you are guilty of abusing yourself and perhaps others, even loved ones. I want to make a point of identifying how imperative it is to cut yourself some slack and nurture self-forgiveness for being wounded and reacting to unnatural circumstances in very natural ways. In order to develop and cultivate a compassionate and loving relationship with oneself, a person must begin seeing themselves as they are and not as they wished, or as they perceived, or as their abuser saw them. This is very difficult because victims often have a distorted self-image, one perhaps worse or better than what it is. A seasoned therapist or a good friend who is not afraid to call you out on your lies and your bullshit, excuse my French, is vital. Developing a self-relationship that is healthy means being honest with oneself seeing the distortions and correcting them. Only when this takes place can a person truly make long-lasting changes within, with somebody who you trust, somebody who has compassion and empathy, but also can reflect back to you shortcomings. It's vital to have somebody in your life who can hold space for you so you can become aware of what has happened to you. Oftentimes this is seen as an attack, but with a loving, compassionate, friend, partner, or therapist who can allow you to see these things within yourself in the most loving, compassionate way that'll help you identify your wounds and identify the damage that has been done, helping you develop a more accurate self-reflection. The next step is identifying self-talk and core beliefs that were ingested from other people, most specifically critical and abusive others. When we see how we are not our beliefs, or our inner critical tyrannical voice, we are able to challenge that voice and communicate with it in a way that disempowers it, ultimately replacing it with more compassionate, respectful, and empathic messages. 
you are not your core beliefs. You are not your inner voice. You are the spirit that lies underneath. And therefore, when you take a step back, when you are non-reactive to your inner voice and you realize that a lot of the internal messages that you have, a lot of the way you see yourself or speak to yourself is not necessarily who you are, it'll help you get some distance, which will allow the space to challenge this inner voice and ultimately disempower it. This is a process that takes continuous effort as the negative internal dialogue is deep and the negative messages have been there for a very long time, often since childhood. Victims will then need to surround themselves with people who are respectful, loving, compassionate, and will be able to thought correct the victim whenever they go down the rabbit hole of dark and negative thinking. This could be a therapist, friend, partner, group of friends, etc. That get you and can check in on you at a consistent basis to make sure that the thinking pattern is positive. We tend to become like the people we surround ourselves with, making choosing friends and confidants a vital element of the healing process. Your support system is going to be extremely pivotal. This group, this support system should continue, at least until you're able to develop the life skill of positive self-talk within. And of course, this doesn't have to end once you are out of this habit of once you are able to be in an intimate, loving, compassionate relationship with yourself. These individuals can also reflect back a loving self-image that victims can then work to see themselves as a good, compassionate, caring, loving individual, thus cultivating the image within and therefore developing a healthy self-image and self-concept. One's self-image is vital to be healthy as it gives victims an idea to work and grow towards, even though their negative emotions and inner pain may be relentlessly yelling towards them negative self-image or a negative idea of who they are. At the end of the day, this work is going to be unnatural for victims, usually awkward and seemingly futile. This, however, is all so vital. Otherwise, we tend to go back to what is normal, even if it's abusive. Only once we're able to see ourselves in a loving light, communicate to our inner selves in a compassionate and loving way, will our relationships with others be healthier. The relationship you have with yourself sets the tone for other relationships. How you treat yourself, how you see yourself, how you teach others to treat you based on that will go a long way in the types of people you're going to invite or uninvite from your life. It begins within, as this sets the tone for all other relationships. If you're struggling with developing and cultivating and maintaining a relationship with yourself, and throwing off the negative projections of past abusers, please understand that you are not alone. This is very common. This is a common response for abuse victims. There's a way to fix it and correct one's self-perceptions and inner dynamics that need addressing and correcting. If you can see it as a sort of dismantling of an old program, shifting into a new way of operating, one in which you can treat yourself with respect, love, compassion, Oftentimes, victims of abuse do not know how to treat themselves well or have an aversion to doing so. They may even feel extremely unworthy of treating themselves well. However, this is a process. This takes work. This takes patterning and habitually changing the way you perceive yourself, think about yourself, speak to yourself, and ultimately treat yourself. Please reach out if you're struggling to cultivate a healthy relationship within. I would love to help you identify the wounds of childhood, the mistreatment of early 
years that cause you to ultimately take on these negative voices, these perceptions, and start to treat yourself in a way that is wreaking havoc on your daily life. So please do reach out. I can be reached at yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. By phone, 252-696-4852. Thank you guys so very much for listening to this podcast. It's an absolute honor to bring you this information today.